The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. This is Mike Sasso, and I want to welcome you to the prophetic voice of our time. And this is Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church, and I have the privilege to visit with you today and bring you the word. Praise God. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. I pray for everybody that's listening to me today, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would touch their heart, touch their mind, and bring them to the place you want them to be in you that we could manifest your glorious kingdom, your will to be done in the earth as it is in heaven in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. How exciting it is. As I'm recording this message today, even at this very moment, Pastor Chris is making final preparation to return to the city of San Antonio and to her home fellowship here. And we're excited and ready to receive her with open arms and hear the great news of everything that took place. And I want to thank those of you who did sow precious seed because the seed time and harvest is coming and you're going to reap an abundant reward. Souls were saved. People were baptized in the Holy Ghost. There were signs and wonders, healings, manifestations, and the church is alive and well in the Philippines and growing. I'll let her get into all the details of what took place, but the Lord has put in my heart to share with you some things because of what's going on in our world. So much going on, so many things, challenges are facing us, but more than anything, I believe God is moving his people through all of this shaking that's going on to be a people of steadfast prayer. And that's where we are going to focus this message today, to stir you up, because God needs his people to be seeking him and to hear from him and to bring his kingdom into the earth, to release his will over principalities and powers. That is what God is calling us to do and calling us to be, salt and light. We are the answer. The body of Christ has the answer, and Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for us so that we can finish our job. And our job is to put the enemies of our God under the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our feet. We are his church. We are his body. So that's our job. And the foundation of that is prayer. No matter what you get done in the earth. You can try to do it in your own understanding. You can try to do it in your own ability, but you're going to fail. This battle is literally a spiritual battle. So unlike any other time, we as a body are being moved to prayer and we're praying on a regular basis. We get in the fellowship and we pray in the spirit. We pray in the understanding and we seek the heart of God. And the Bible teaches us very clearly that in order to win any battle that you're going to win, In this situation, it is a spiritual battle. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, if you go to verse 3, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. But the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. And prayer has divine power, folks, to demolish strongholds. And to bring down, demolish arguments, verse 5, and to bring every thought, every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God to obedience, to take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. That is what we're talking about. 
And in verse 7, it says, uh, he's talking to the Corinthian church. Paul is admonishing them and saying, you're looking on the surface of things. And I'm here to tell you, those of y'all listening to me today, you're looking on the surface of things. You're looking at the price of gas. You're looking at the situation in Washington. There is a spiritual battle that must be won to take our nation back. It is a battle for the heart and soul of this country, and it's going to be won in prayer. And even fasting, if God moves you to it. But it's going to be won by us walking out the Great Commission and seeking and saving the lost. Before this nation was ever born, there was a great awakening that took place in our country. And that awakening is taking place right now. And we got to be part of it. So I want to move you to pray and I want to move you to be part of this great move. Amen. As we move further in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might putting on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And I'm here to tell you that it's the devil's scheme to bring this country down, but this country's not coming down because I'm here and you're here and we're going to stand against the devil and we're going to pull it down and we're going to take our country back. We're taking our nation back. We're taking our schools back. And the body is going to stand and we're going to see the kingdom of God manifest in the earth. Amen. So we're going to put on the whole armor of God so that we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It is not a natural battle, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of the evil and heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done all to stand, stand firm, with your belt filled with truth. That's truth. That's the Word of God. Your waist with the breastplate of righteousness. That means you're standing in right standing with God. You've repented of your sins. You're under the blood of Jesus. We defeat the enemy with the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You've been washed in the blood. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In other words, reconciling all men to God through faith in Jesus Christ. And you have to walk in the love of God to do that. And in addition, taking the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fiery darts of the enemy. And taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And praying in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this mind, keep alert, always keep on praying for all the saints. Paul said even pray for him because he needed some help. And I'm going to tell you, pray for us. For we are bringing forth this gospel. Amen. And it's time for the body of Christ to stand up. So I'm here to say, if you're trying to resolve issues... Every foundation must be laid with a time of solitude and prayer before the Lord to get a move of God. Now, Jesus had a habit of praying. He was a man of prayer. He was our example. So we're going to look to Jesus as our example on how it is that we're to get this done. It says in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, that in the morning, rising up early a great while before day, he, that is Jesus, went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. So, you know, you've got to take some time. You've got to turn off the TV. You've got to turn off the radio. You've got to put your cell phone down. Whatever the situation is, take some quiet time. Get to a solitary place. Lay the cares aside and say, Lord, here I am. Open my eyes. Open my ears. Open my heart. 
and restore my soul, Father. Whatever it is that's going on in your life, whatever it is that's going on in our nation, we surrender to you. And it's amazing, you know, the Bible teaches in in, uh, 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people called by my name. He's not talking to the heathen. He's not talking to the Democrats or the Republicans. He's talking to the body of Christ, the church. My people called by my name will humble themselves and what? Pray. Jesus said, when you pray. He didn't say, if you pray. If you don't pray, you're going to lose. But when you pray, you're going to win. Praying is the methods of our warfare. It is the foundational principle with which we get things done in the kingdom. It's how we surrender our will to the will of the Father. That happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was right before the day when he was betrayed into the hands of men. He was about to go to the cross. He didn't want to go. He said, Father, if this cup can pass, he said this three times, let it pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You see, that's happening in a prayer time, a solitude before the Lord. We're wondering why things aren't working. We're wondering why everything's turned upside down. Why situations and challenges? Well, did you spend the quiet time to quiet your spirit, to lay aside your will, to lay aside your ways and say, Lord, have your will in my life. If there's anything in my life that's out of order, help me bring it into order so that I can do your will, so that I can be pleasing to you, Lord. And see, judgment has to begin at the house of the Lord. We try to judge our neighbor. We try to judge our brother. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. No, he came to seek and save the lost. That must be our mission. So the only person we're supposed to judge is ourselves. We're supposed to turn and and say, God, help me, turn me, change me. A time of solitude and prayer, a time of fasting, even if need be, to get your heart right. And unlike any other time in life, I'm going to tell you, we we need to be moved. And I believe God is moving people right now to pray. If you're turning into this channel right now and you're hearing this, God's calling you. And he's saying, this is time. And amazingly, at the beginning of Jesus's ministry, when he went into the wilderness to pray, he was led by the Holy Spirit to pray. That happened immediately after his public ministry was announced. And he went to John the Baptist, it says, in Mark chapter 1, it came to pass in those days, verse 9, that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open, this is John, and the Spirit, like a dove, descended upon him. And there came a voice from heaven. God the Father declared, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. God the Father himself announced, this is my son Jesus. He's come to save the world. He announced it from heaven and here he is. And next verse, what happened? Immediately, verse 12, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost of God, drove Jesus into the wilderness. Immediately, the Holy Spirit sent him to the desert, into a dry place, into a hard place to be tried, to be tested, and to be tempted of the devil. Literally, to basically go to war on his knees in a quiet place, to bring into captivity every thought, to bring into captivity every word, every imagination, to obedience of that anointing that was upon him, to fulfill the call of God that was in his life. Well, if Jesus had to do that, well, who do we think we are? If we're here to do his will. And the Bible says in verse 13, 
In his prayer closet, in fasting and prayer, he was there in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted of Satan, and the Lord literally ministered to him. In Luke chapter 4, it gives the same account. And if you look at that account, Jesus, when he was tempted, Satan basically said, hey, you know, I know you're hungry. Why don't you prove to me that you're the son of God? Why don't you turn these stones into bread? You know, the enemy will come and he'll twist the word and try to get you all bent out of shape. Well, is it is it really God's will that they be saved? Is it really God's will that this person be healed? Well, we know by the word of God that it's the will of God that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That none would perish, but all would come to have life everlasting. That's why Jesus came. He came to save the whole world. He didn't come to just save you and me. So we got to get our heart in line with that. And with that, we have to realize our number one mission is that all men be saved. Before I'm an American, I'm a Christian. And if I'm a Christian, then my first mission must be the same as Jesus, to seek and save the lost, to go into all the world and preach this gospel. That my life must be a testimony. I must be an ambassador of God. And if I don't have the love of God in my heart, if I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit working in my life, I need to go to the Lord. And I say, Lord, what's up? What do I need to do to change here? Let's get this old wineskin out of me and let's get a new wineskin where I walk in the love of God, where I walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, where when people see me, they see you. See, if that's not happening in your life, then you're not spending enough time before the throne. You're not spending enough time in, in front of the master. You're not yielding your spirit, your mind, your heart. You're full of care. You're full of worry. You haven't cast the care upon the Lord. You haven't yielded your spirit to the Holy Spirit so that God can use you, so God can touch through you, see? That's the will of God, that when they see you, they see Him. And so what did Jesus do when He was tempted? He responded with the Word of God that was given to Him by the Spirit of God. And He said, no, man will not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God will man live. And this happened three times. We know. And at the end of that time, of course, when the devil had finished tempting him, he left him. And it says in verse 14 that Jesus returned. This is Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. After he'd had that quiet time and after he'd overcome the devil in his prayer closet, and he was in the prayer closet for 40 days. Now, I hadn't been there 40 days. I've been there a few, but I hadn't been there 40 days. But he had. Hadn't eaten and fasted and overcame the devil in that quiet place. And guess what? He came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the same thing God wants to do to you. He wants you to move in the power of the Holy Ghost. He wants to see your finances turn around. He wants to see your family turn around. He wants to see your business turn around. He wants to see everything about you turn around, your church, your fellowship, whatever it is, your relationships. But you've got to surrender to God. You've got to get to that quiet place and pray. He wants to see our nation turn around. But it's if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. No, don't humble your neighbor. Humble yourself. And under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. He will cause His grace to come upon you. He will cause His healing to come upon you. He will cause His love to come upon you, to heal that heart, to heal that mind, to cause you to break before the Lord and to realize, God, not my will, 
and to literally cast every care on him because he cares for you. That takes place in a secret place. That doesn't take place before a crowd. That takes place between you and God. And God is calling us as a people now to pray more than ever before, praise the Lord. And as we get to this place, you know, we're going to see the power of God manifest in our nation and in our world. In James chapter 5, the Bible teaches about effective prayer. And he says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. For the effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man avail much. And then he gave examples of what these effectual, fervent prayers were. This is the kind of prayers that will cause men to see the power of God manifest. Because if you want to bring somebody to Christ, it's the love of God and it's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what gets it done. Nothing else. Not words. Paul said, I didn't come with you great words of exhortation. No, no, no. I came in weakness. I came in brokenness. See, he had spent the time. I came here in fasting. I came here in, in brokenness, 1 Corinthians. He said, but my, my speaking was not in demonstrating of man's wisdom, but it was in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the gospel is a gospel of power, power to change to change lives. That's, that's got to be on each of our lives, friend. So in James chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. It's prayer and power to heal. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he committed any sins they'll be forgiven him. Now that's the power of God right there. So effectual prayer is done in such a way that it has the force to get the job done. God's not the problem. He's waiting on us. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Stop talking about the politicians and start praying for the politicians. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Start praying for their salvation. Start praying for God to send wisdom, as it says in, in 1 Timothy, that praying for those that are in authority, okay? For all leaders, whether you voted for them or not, pray for them. They need help. They got their hands on the wheel, and if they're driving in a ditch, my golly, we're going in there with them. So pray for them. They need help. By His divine power and mercy to save us from destruction in Jesus' name, amen? And we're not going to be destroyed. This country's going to stand in Jesus' name. But another example in James chapter 5, go to verse 17, talks about Elijah. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And this is in the Old Covenant, by the way. And he prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain. And it didn't rain on the earth for the space of three and a half years. Three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now that's the power of God. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When Elijah prayed, the whole world said, oh my gosh, this is a prophet of God. When the earth sees this kind of prayer being answered, they will not help but turn to God and get saved. And that's only going to happen when we, the body of Christ, will get ourselves right with God, get before the throne, and in our prayer closet, overcome the enemy that's working in our lives, that's working in our families, that's working in our nation, that's working everywhere, and yielding to the Holy Spirit of God. We'll come out in the power of the Holy Ghost just like Jesus did. Then we'll fulfill that great commission in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. 
in my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. And they'll lay hands upon the sick and they will recover. So anyhow, we've got to be people of prayer. We've got to be moved by the Spirit of God. Now, I'm going to give you two examples of some things that happened because in my own life, I had a situation where I was so caught up in what was going on in the in the nation. And it was probably somewhere around, well, I'm going to think maybe 2010, something like that, 2010. And there was somebody in the White House I didn't vote for. And I, you know, I got a little bit upset about it. And every time I turned the TV on, I'd be, you know, murmuring to myself and about what was going on. And I was doing that one day and the Lord, he said, Mike, you're part of the problem. It startled me. I said, Lord, what do you mean I'm part of the problem? He said to me, he said, Mike, I didn't call you to sit in the seat of the scoffer. I called you to sit in the seat of the intercessor with me to get my will done in the earth. My goodness, that convicted me. The Lord said, I was part of the problem. Why? Because I was sitting in the seat of the scoffer. I was looking at what was going on in the White House, and I was looking at what was going around in our country, and I was, oh, man, 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 and I was murmuring and moaning and groaning, and, and the Lord rebuked me. And when we look at scoffer, you know, that reference actually comes from Psalms chapter 1, and I'll read it to you in the NIV translation. It says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor does he stand in the way of sinners, nor does he sit in the seat. The NIV translation says of the mocker. The King James Version says the scoffer. And that literal Hebrew word means one who scorns or talks arrogant or derides or mocks or, you know, speaks ugly of. And that's where I was. I was talking about the Democrats, talking about the Republicans, talking about the leadership, talking about the president. And I wasn't praying for him. I wasn't praying for God to give him wisdom. I wasn't praying for God to give him understanding. I wasn't praying for his heart to get changed and for God to save his soul. You know, imagine if Daniel in the book of Daniel had been scoffing at Nebuchadnezzar. He wasn't scoffing at Nebuchadnezzar. If he was scoffing at Nebuchadnezzar, he probably would have been killed. Because Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and didn't quite understand it, but Daniel had purposed in his heart not to defile himself before God. And so he went before the king and he told the king to live forever. And then he, he demonstrated through the power of the Holy Spirit what the dream meant. And Nebuchadnezzar acknowledged that the God of Daniel was the true God of all the earth. Nebuchadnezzar literally, and if you keep reading through the book of Daniel, you'll find out Nebuchadnezzar got saved through the testimony of Daniel. Now, wouldn't it be something if Joe Biden got saved? Wouldn't it be something if Kamala Harris got saved? Wouldn't it be something if, if all those folks up there on Washington that don't know God, if they all got saved? Well, how's that going to happen? It's going to happen by his people. The, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, the Lord said, then, when, then, before, no, when, then, I will hear from heaven, and then I, God, will heal their land. You see, this nation was birthed out of a spiritual revival. And it's time for that spiritual revival to come again. So, friend, we're coming out of time here. I just want to stir you up, and God's been calling you. God's been stirring you up to get, get on your knees, get in your quiet place, get in your closet, get in your secret place, and begin to pray. 
Just begin to seek the face of God and begin to turn your heart 100% to Him. Turn your situation 100% to Him. Turn your family over 100% to Him and watch God move. Spend some time in the Word. Spend some time praying in the Holy Ghost. Spend some time just pouring yourself out, casting every care on Him, reminding Him of His Word. Lord, You said. Lord, You said. Lord, You said. And then thanking Him for it, praising Him for it. You enter His courts with thanksgiving. You enter His gates with thanksgiving. You enter His courts with praise. I thank You for Your Word, God. I thank You for what You said. And begin to praise Him. And that situation is going to turn around. We're going to see this country turn. We're going to see the power of God move like never before. We're going to see the revival go across this country, across this city. This city's going to be saved. Our nation's going to be saved. And God, I give You all the praise. I give You all the glory. Lord, I thank You for the people listening today. Touch every heart touch every life. In Jesus' name, I give you praise. Listen, friend, if this has been a blessing to you, let us hear from you. You can go to our website at www.sogmi.org. You can call us at 210-695-1630. And uh, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to hearing from you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I dot org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Helotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Helotus, Texas 78023.